See, we got to here's the thing. We got to up the stakes, all right? We we're we're wallowing around here. We're losing our fans. Let's just okay, I'm going to set the scene for the start of this episode. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> 1 <laughs> 2 3 Wow, Daniel, you got us a really nice new studio here. Only 6 episodes in and we have our own penthouse suite just to record in. Dang. All the cash we're bringing in, we're putting it to really good use. Is that a fire a real fireplace over there? Swanky. It's really impractical for a studio setting, but I thought it helped wow, set the mood. Wow, this place is swanky, and I I can see the space needle from over here. That's crazy. <laughs> we're not even in. We're not even in be, Seattle. It must be all those five star reviews. I mean, who knew that people would take the time to do that? I mean, it's easy, but would they do it? I they know, did and it. And you know what? I I was hoping for a sponsor like Parachute Sheets or Stamps.com. But who would have thought that Amazon and Apple both would sponsor us? <laughs> and we're still trying to work on that sweet Google yeah. deal. So I'll go ahead and plug them. Uh, Amazon.com. Buy more of them. That's all I wrote. <laughs> do, you, do you like stuff? Amazon has lots of stuff. Some of it you can get really Apple, fast. It used to be really good, but now everyone just buys it because that's what they've done for 12 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Apple in a holding pattern and fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> also, do you like TV? Amazon also has that. You could watch things like Mozart in the Jungle, Ooh. something I've been told is a All show. Right, we've got everyone nice and titillated. <laughs> Go ahead and roll the music. Hello, super friends, and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast that tries to bring nerd culture to a normal world. I am your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. Uh, with me, as always, are my good friends, Chris Tomlin. Hello, guys. How are you? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> David Hood. Bonjour. And, of course, Noah Day. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Mm, very good, mm. very good. I like Ike. Now... There's a lot of geeky topics we could talk about. Surely there's not been something gigantic that's happened in the movie world that we would need to discuss. Uh, and I'm Ladybird? I'm just trying to think here. Fifty Shades of Grey, the new Fifty Ooh, Shades of Grey God, movie. That, that's right. Fifty Shades Free. <laughs> Fifty, oh, 50 Shades I, Free. I felt free. <laughs> I felt free coming out of that movie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had freed myself in there. <laughs> I, I bet you have in that IMAX. <laughs> Did you see that in IMAX, Noah? Oh, I was surrounded by sound, and all my worries are gone mm, now. Good, good. I hope you're alone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We we are, of course, tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> going to be talking about Black Panther. And I'm going to go ahead and open it up by saying, yes, we are a group of four white guys who are going to talk about Black Panther. We are aware of this. Yeah, and we're, we're aware of the rules that we're not allowed to. Is that what we're saying? No, I just didn't want any of any people... <laughs> You know, 
call, getting a chance to call us out on that before we got a chance to call us out on that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everybody has figured out that we're four white guys. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I like. I like to think that there was still a little mystery there with myself. Hey, you don't know me. Yeah. You never seen me. I like to think that everyone thought that I was a plucky little Polynesian lad. <laughs> I'm just a chain smoking Barney the dinosaur. There we go. <laughs> so Black Panther came out. Probably about, what, a month ago? Or actually just three weeks ago or something. It has been incredibly successful. Uh, one of my favorite stats is within four days it had passed the entire domestic gross of Justice League. Within its first four days. Wow. And it, that also is like it passed a whole bunch of the domestic grosses for like X-Men movies and other superhero films. It is... Nice. Now, currently, it has earned over $500 million domestically, making it the 10th largest domestic release of all time. And it will probably become the fifth Marvel movie to break a billion dollars worldwide any week now. Nice. It also happens to be, at least in my opinion, and the opinion of probably most people, a really, really great movie. Also, uh, with Fifty Shades Free and Black Panther out at the same time, it's one of the only times you can go to a double feature wearing a gimp suit and cat ears at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) Good, good, Noah. Earn that explicit rating every time. (laughs) All right, and I will bid you adieu now. Noah did his job. Now he can go back to his IMAX. Noah just came out with a sweet jackknife off the high dive. No, Noah just told the first joke we've ever told on Nerds for Normal People. <laughs> and then he just sort of died. Said nothing ever. He never said anything interesting ever again. The, and just sort of faded away. Then the whole podcast just kind of faded away. It was kind of sad, really. All the laughter faded to tears. <laughs> Oh my. What do we want to say about Black Panther? Let's do it. Yada. I mean, what else is there to say? But it's just fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. That Michael B. Jordan killed that role. He was he did do well. definitely one of the best Marvel villains of all time. It's, it's like, not even close. Like He is probably He's... my favorite villain so far. Oh, 100%. I kind of like the nameless villain from Iron Man 1. Warmonger? <laughs> I couldn't remember what they called take, him. Take they, they, Eric Killmonger, replace Eric Kill with War, and you got it. I, I, they, I don't think they ever called him Warmonger in the movie, but I do love it's just like, one of these characters will betray him. Who could it be? Is it Pepper? Is it Rhodey? Is it Obadiah Stain? <laughs> Who was the bad guy in the version? Uh, Jeff Bridges. That's right. Yeah. It's funny, I can't even... It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Can't even remember what the bad guy wanted. Like when I think back on it, all I can—it seems like all I can remember is he was just like, "I want to be richer than you" or something. I don't know. I think he wanted like the arc reactor to make but more why? weapons to make. But more the whole yeah, he was a weapons was, guy. Well, the whole thing was the arc reactor wasn't really invented until Tony Stark went to the cave where he was trying to kill off Tony anyway. 
Well, but he wanted the company to himself, and so he planned to kill Tony. Then Tony invented the greatest thing ever. And then, like, he came back and goes, okay, I'll steal the greatest thing ever, and then I'll kill Tony. Dude, how long ago does that feel like it was? That's crazy. It feels like it was forever. It's about ten years. Yeah, but it feels even longer. Yeah. You know what, though? Like... I, I I did watch that movie a couple of years ago, and it still holds it still holds tight. Like that's a that's a solid oh, it's a movie. Very solid movie. Yeah. Yeah. Launched the whole MCU. And I think that's my favorite thing about Black Panther <laughs> <laughs> is that Iron Man One is still a solid movie. Well, I will say one thing: a lot of people have pointed out that is a very nice change of pace is. A lot of the Marvel superhero solo films, especially the kind of origin-ish films, have had a flow to them that is very similar to kind of the first Iron Man. Doctor Strange even had the same facial hair. (laughs) And so Black Panther, though, felt so different from any movie Marvel has done yet. I think one thing that Black Panther has done better in all Marvel movies is the fact that there wasn't really a slow point. The pace kept up the entire movie. I kind of felt a little different. I felt like it was, uh, it was kind of a, like not that it, in a bad way, but I felt like it was, uh, you know, kind of slow at parts. There was a lot of, it was pretty dialogue heavy, like, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt like it was good. It was kind of a slow burn in a lot of places. But then they had like really cool actioning parts, like in South Korea, and then at the end, which I didn't think the end was like that last. Uh, climactic sequence on the end that that reminded me of kind of a Star Wars Episode One, where they're fighting in like uh, high tech tube land, and then there's a army fighting out in a flat green field. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the end is the weakest so part. That of the kind movie. of felt wonky. Yeah, I think I think the in the ending action sequence might be the weakest part of the movie because I will say like the scene of Killmonger and T'Challa on like that sort of looking out over the sunset is incredibly powerful. Yeah. I thought that like uh, <laughs> it was a little bit eh, I don't know. Like whenever that uh there's one part, you know, whenever that rhino's charging at the lady yeah. and then it start stops and starts licking her and stuff. That like that's a uh, that's a little out of place for me in in a civil war, but can okay. I, can I point something out, guys? Yes. What I'm hearing right now is very similar to what we heard with Wonder Woman, which was Wonder Woman's amazing. Wonder Woman is amazing. Let's talk about it. You know, it was okay. <laughs> there were some parts that really dragged. This part didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't. You know, but I then it's like say, when we're not talking about actual amazing. details. Wonder Woman is amazing. It's the best movie ever. And it's kind of the same. I feel like the same thing. I, I kind of worry that we're going to fall into that trap of Black Panther. Where everybody saw it and everybody's like, oh, this is so unreal. It's so great. And then everybody's going to talk about it. And it's going to be like, yeah, okay. That rhino is dumb. And the train the train fight was I'm goofy. Just, and, you know, let's be out there like four <laughs> fights on top of a waterfall. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, it was okay. I'm just reading off the script that Daniel gave me. <laughs> He's the negative one. I have to always be the negative one. I, I would say I think this, this is tricky. In my opinion, I think this is a stronger film than Wonder Woman. 
I don't think people are watching Wonder Woman anymore. That's my theory. I think everybody saw Wonder Woman and no one saw it a second time. Because well, I know it's on HBO right. right now and I have no interest really watching I, it again. You, do you know what? I, know. I bought it. I'm looking at it on a shelf. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I've ever taken the shrink wrap off. And complaining is how the how I uh, talk about everything. It's just my natural form of communication. So, A strength Black Panther had, Wonder Woman did not, is... Like, I care about pretty much all the characters, whereas in Wonder Woman, I cared about, like, two or three. Yeah. And it's also that uh, Black Panther has a universe backing up that a lot of people are invested in, as opposed to <laughs> Wonder Woman, who is right now, like, the standalone good movie of that universe. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help DC any that they're like, here's a little bit of Wonder Woman in Batman versus Superman. Okay, that really wets our whistle. Now here's a whole movie. Yay, it's great. Now here she is in Justice League. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, Black Panther was introduced in Civil War, where he was great in that, so people already were invested in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman came in in Batman vs Superman, where everyone was kind of like, eh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought that the I, I thought one thing I thought was really cool is like I thought that the character uh, of Black Panther in Civil War was already really cool, mm-hmm. and then in Black Panther I thought they made him like even better, like where he's kind of like like Chris was saying earlier today, where he's kind of like the uh, the compromise, like the middle ground between Killmonger and his dad. Yes, uh, I like that. And I I love there's an interesting point you can find in almost any superhero film of sort of the big turning moment where they embrace kind of being a hero. And I feel like really his is towards the end when he's there with all the like past kings and he just says like, no, you all were wrong and I'm going to be better. And then he comes back in and he has he's ready for the final fight. Yes. So he drinks his flower juice. Soldiers you know, Lee, our mutual friend Lee, everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, Lee, of course. What's it? Yeah, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a thought that I hadn't really thought until he mentioned it. Um, in the trailer for the new Avengers movie, it looks very much like there's going to be a gigantic set piece on Wakanda. Yes. Did you know this, or is this, am I, is this my... Yeah, it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer, yeah. yeah. But do we know it? I don't know that we know it's Wakanda in the trailer. We just see them running through a jungle. Yeah, if you look at the people in the background, if you look at the people in yeah. the background, they're like all dressed like the bodyguards and stuff. Because mm. people have even, like, you can kind of spot characters from Black Panther in the background, including, I think, M'Baku's there. Okay, edit this part out then. No, it's, it's, <laughs> no. I think it's actually a good, interesting thing of, I think Marvel, especially given its success, but I think they're probably going to... You'll see a lot more built around Wakanda moving forward. Yeah. You know what's funny is Disney Infinity, and I only bring this up because I have a young son, uh, the Disney Infinity uh, on uh, PS3 and PS4, right? So Wakanda was involved in those games like four years ago, it feels like. like three, mm-hmm. At least maybe three years ago. So... Do you think at that like Disney that early knew that they were going to launch Black Panther into a franchise into the franchise so 
I mean, that seems like a pretty bold move to make Wakanda a a a, a, a set piece. Well, for those I mean, games, then. if you play Ultimate Alliance two, same thing. There's a big portion of it set in Wakanda. It's just mm-hmm. part of the story. Well, I guess Disney Infinity, but has a different story, but, like, it's just placing it in a different territory for a different type of map. It's not necessarily they're thinking about putting it into the MCU. I think the main thing you need to take away from this is that Disney Infinity is at the cutting edge of the MCU. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what exactly what we I need think, to do. I think so, too. It's it's the, really the leading place to get any and all knowledge of the <laughs> I, MCU. I, can't no, wait but for... I, I do find it interesting, though, that it was in there. No. Like, I mean, like, because... Like, that was, I mean, that's the only mention of Wakanda that I, as a novice, had ever even heard until I, I can, the movie was announced. Basically. And I would imagine, especially with something like that geared more to a young audience, I I think Marvel plans out its moves pretty pretty early and pretty well in advance. So I'm betting they did know they were heading towards a Black Panther movie. Maybe they just like try to test that out on kids Could and be. stuff and see how they react to yeah. it and then just like, okay, let's make a movie now. Are kids going to be too upset with Wakanda? Yeah, no, they, they seem to be okay with it. Well, let's continue. But if yeah, we're they- going to trust Disney Infinity to be what's leading uh, Marvel Universe, I am so ready to watch <laughs> Thanos come in be beaten by Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> That's gonna be amazing. You ready for that Wreck It Ralph Hulk matchup? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Make it happen. Hey, did Daniel? Did you see the? Uh, did you see the new? Po- I think it was a poster for the uh, Infinity War uh, movie coming out, and it had like all the uh, Infinity Gems with various characters that like found the gems or have them currently. Uh-huh. Uh, in each of the gems, but then they had Iron Man in the Soul Gem. I was kind of wondering what if there was like apparently a conspiracy theory about how Iron Man had the Infinity Gem or that had the uh, Soul Gem or uh, or finds it or something. I don't know. What, what do, do you think, think powers the arc reactor? <clears throat> souls. Well, it'd be weird because like they don't, you know, they don't have like. There was never like a gym in like uh, any of the past Iron Man movies or anything I like mean, that. I but... mean, we do have one missing. And it, Iron, it, Man, Iron Man could find it in Infinity Wars. He could find it, or you could even do something where maybe Howard Stark found it all those years ago. Which one of the Infinity Gems is missing? The soul, I think. Hey, let's do this, because this is nerds for normal people. Um... I know what you guys are talking about vaguely, but will one of you guys go through where and where all these, what what these stones are and where they all are currently? We're talking about space jewels that rule the universe. Okay. That's all you need so to know. basically the Infinity Gems are six magical emerald thing, or six magical stones that each have great power. And, uh are scattered usually throughout the universe, though they uncommonly seem to always land on Earth. And basically that is what Thanos is looking towards. And they they control, like, uh, various uh, various aspects of reality, like uh, space, time, soul, mind, uh, uh, what else is there? Food. Reality. Food, food, Jim. So, are these? Are we to believe that in this next Avengers movie, we will see 
all of the Infinity Stones come together in the gauntlet. Yes. Well, there's a reason it's called the Infinity War. Well, I get it, but you, there's also but, some speculation yeah. that the next Infinity Stone is in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, right? Right. So, uh, how are they going to play that? I think that's probably going to, I would guess, be disproven. I, I, what my bet is, is I bet Thanos already has one. Yeah, I kind of think that what's going to happen in this is he's going to... See, like, another thing is, like, about the uh, Infinity Stones, that, like, I guess the most important thing to know story-wise is that if you get all of them together, and they make a, they make a glo- like a glove that holds all of them, but if you get all of them together in the same place, then whoever has them can basically control all of reality, and it's not, it's not even like they're invincible. They just are basically... They're essentially the, God if they control them all. Yeah. Yeah. If they control them all, so like, then they can control if it's anything, If it's anything like the this uh, certain comic book, which I'm guessing a lot of it might be based around, then uh, I'd, I'd wager that at the end of this that Thanos will get them all. Like, at the end of it, he'll get them all, and then he'll pretty much wreak havoc on everyone, and then the next movie will be about like trying to get it back. Hell, I think him. at the end of the first movie that he'll get them all. That, oh, that, wait, that, that's I think that'll be the cliffhanger. The first movie, he gets them all. That's what oh. I said. I yeah, yeah. Thought, well, that sounds yeah. like it's going to suck. So we're going to have to watch three hours of all this, and then he's just going to be like, thanks, suckers, and we'll run off with the gauntlet, and everybody's See, like... Here's the thing. I think they've yeah. more or less said they're kind of doing away with some of the two-part stuff of what Avengers Infinity War was going to be. So I'm not so sure if it'll take... Like all movie for him to put it all together. Oh, I was totally hoping huh. for a Deathly Hallows Part One where it ends with Voldemort getting the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was totally hoping for that. Sorry, David. Sorry, to dis- <gasps> might still happen. I don't have an in. I don't have an inside scoop. I don't have an uncle who works at Marvel. Well, get one. <laughs> so when is the sequel? When is the next Avengers slated to come out? Because didn't they just this week like lay out all the movies? Isn't it it's next the year. End of the year? No, really. I believe Avengers Four is next year. That's fast. Very well. They've all—they're already shooting it. Yep, May third, twenty nineteen. Wow, that's pretty. That's good. I mean, look, good for them. Don't I make everybody wait forever? I like that. Mm-hmm. I like instant gratification. <laughs> I don't like this Game of Thrones hey. stuff where you gotta wait a, a year and a half to find out four more episodes. Hey, as long as it, the Game of Thrones ends on a strong note, I I don't mind the wait. Yeah, that's a good point. If if they rush it and the ending is lackluster, I would be so pissed. But if they take their time and they they make it good, I'll wait. You are gonna be so. Pissed. I'm gonna be really pissed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Game of Thrones ending is gonna suck. <laughs> Noah, stop being so pessimistic. It's going. No, it's going. No, Noah's right. There's no way it's going to please people. Like it's. It's just like Sopranos. It's been built up so much now that there's no way you can end it that are gonna make that's gonna make people happy. So we might as well just all assume it's gonna suck and then be delightfully surprised if it doesn't. I would love, my favorite ending for it would be if it ended with them sitting at a table outside of a cafe <laughs> talking, and then it just ended. <laughs> then, it just, then it just goes to black, and it sits there for a bit, and then a journey star- song the, starts to play. The White Walkers show up, and they throw <laughs> this epic battle cutscene to a cafe where all the leaders are just sitting chatting. <laughs> then it ends. 
when George R. R. Martin sits up in bed and goes, "Oh my God, that was amazing! That was what a, such an amazing dream!" <laughs> I better I should write all that down. <laughs> I better write that down. <laughs> now, but but seriously, I mean, like, look, if there's anything that's true in the television world, it's that it is nearly impossible to end a television show in a way that pleases more than fifty percent of the people. That are yes. watching it. I mean, it's it's uh, Seinfeld uh, didn't. Rec did uh, well, Parks and Rec with ah, Thirty Rock didn't. I don't. I forgot the Parks and Rec ending. Um, Thirty Rock didn't. Seinfeld didn't. <laughs> Sopranos didn't. Six Rock Feet Under did. Six Feet Under had a really good finale, but uh, Dexter had a horrible finale. Okay, so no one's seen Dexter. It was awful. <laughs> I've I've not seen Dexter. I've seen like a couple episodes of it. And I keep meaning to go back to it, but I never did. But by I mean, na by nature, it's impossible to to do it. I mean, like it's the it is the most daunting task of a writer's mm -hmm. life to finish a show because people, everybody wants it to be the most amazing thing they've ever seen. And Game of Thrones, you talk about. I mean, like that's like that times twenty thousand. Yeah, because I mean, everybody needs to have their faces melted off at the end of Game of Thrones, or it's gonna suck, quote unquote. So. I mean, I do not envy those showrunners at all. I, I do not either. I mean, Heroes had a very strong finale, and then for some reason they did four more seasons. You know what I thought had a pretty strong finale? Uh, that show that... Um, <laughs> and you gotta give me just yes. a second when I say this, because it's gonna sound like, what the fuck is he talking about? But um, I thought that the show Two and a Half Men went so far <laughs> off the rails. So far off the rails and into what the fuck am I watching territory that uh, no one cared how they ended it. And then they ended it in a pretty fun way. They just dropped a piano on Charlie Sheen's head and then had saw the director on screen say winning and then it just ended. And it was like, that's about the best they could have done. So I'm pleased with that. <laughs> I didn't watch the last seasons and stuff. I, I was aware that it was like... I didn't really watch much of the middle seasons or anything either, but I was aware of that show and how far it was going off the rails because Charlie Sheen was losing his mind. But uh, I liked that ending anyway. Isn't that show still on? No, now it's done. It's done. Okay. They ended it. They dropped a piano on his head and just the director like shows up on screen and is like basically like, Goodbye, folks. <laughs> I know, I, and then he has a piano dropped on him. I think the only show that I've been a hundred percent happy with the finale was Six Feet Under because I thought the way it ended, I was a blubbering, crying mess. Did any of you guys see that by chance? Mm -mm. Well, the show was about death, and so the like the last ten minutes of the show basically shows how every character dies. Which is really okay. interesting and really emotional because you were invested in these people. And, like, it was really a brilliant way to end that show. And that was the first... It's the only show I could think of off the top of my head that I was like, that was a great ending. The one thing I'm aware of with that show is that while they were driving, they would look directly at each other and talk. Like, so the person driving the car would look directly at the passenger of the car and just watch them and talk to them while driving. My sister watched all of Six Feet Under, and she said, "Like one of the, one of the uh, most memorable things about the entire show, which she loves the show. But one of the most memorable things about the entire show is that it made her a nervous wreck when they were driving because she always <laughs> thought they were going to just run straight into somebody." 
That show was really good for about four seasons, and then it got really, really melodramatic. But the first four seasons, I, I mean, I put it up against anything HBO's ever done. It's really strong. I thought that about, uh, uh, and it's funny, like Michael C. Hall is also in Dexter, but I thought that about Dexter. I thought the first four seasons were like the best thing Showtime had done, and then it kind of they. The, one of the main characters had a contractual <laughs> obligation to another show, and they killed her off, and the show just kind of went off the rails until it was unwatchable by the last season. But I would tell anyone now who wanted to go back and watch it, just watch the first season, and you don't you can continue on and do like the first four if you want. But like the first season of that show, I think is basically like a really long movie that is like one of the best movies I've ever watched. Hmm. It's amazing, and it it you can watch the first season and not watch another episode ever again because the first season wraps up so well that they could have just ended it right there. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's super good. If you haven't seen it, it's super good. I will say, uh, for the people who maybe because I've been racking my brain trying to think of like what show can I think of that had a really strong finale, and the one that came to mind was Gallivant. <laughs> <laughs> They had to do a thing where they had to leave it slightly open if they wanted to do more episodes, but also a satisfying ending in case they didn't get p- renewed, and it was actually hilarious and really great. See, the thing about Gallivant, if nobody, if nobody remembers what he's talking about, it's like a comedy medieval... It's like a medieval mm-hmm. comedy that is a musical. I think the idea of doing a musical a TV show is pretty daunting. Like, it probably seems like a fun idea for people for, like, a season, and then when season two starts rolling around, and you gotta write 30 more songs! Well, you had Alan Minken, who's great, behind it. But that's a lot of songs! (laughs) Like, you remember Flight of the Concords? One of the reasons, like, probably the biggest reason they didn't go, love it, love it, love it. But one of the biggest reasons they didn't continue on with that show is because they were like, it's so fucking exhausting writing all these songs yeah. for a TV show because every year they come back and you need like twenty more songs. And, and you can tell because like the third or fourth season, well, how many seasons did that run out? Two. two. No, it ran more than two, didn't it? Two. Just two. Okay, yeah. like okay, then the last like four episodes, you could tell that they were they had exhausted all of their awesome actual songs, and they were like right. starting to like just make up some to plug into the show because that but you're right though that that was a great great show mm-hmm. my favorite episode of the whole show is whenever he buys the cup because he's fed up with the fact that they only have one cup and then he overdraws their checking account <laughs> buying it <laughs> and then they're trying to make their money back <laughs> it's great and he like makes the super straw but it costs him like way more to make the super straw that he's selling so, speaking of, like, fanboy geek stuff, all right, so... Oh, are we cycling back around? <laughs> well, ki- kind of. No, but th- no, this kind of fits with what we're talking about. We're talking about, we're kind of talking about, uh, like, premium network shows. Uh-huh. What happened with American Gods? Is that a thing that people still like, or is that something that petered out, or do people just kind of, like... I mean, were people into that whole thing? Because it was like, everybody got excited about it. It started, and then about like four weeks into it, everybody stopped talking about it. Yeah. yeah. It was too... I, I watched it. I watched... Um, I'd say I got six episodes in, but it was one of those shows like, 
kind of like Future Man is, where uh, visually it's so it's so over stylized that I I just couldn't. It was just <laughs> nauseating and distracting, like the visuals. If that makes sense. Like, have you seen Future Man? Nope. You know how like well, Chris, have you seen? Yeah, I've seen uh, a few episodes of it. Well, you know how the colors are all like really dark and heavy yeah, mm-hmm. and stuff, and like the all the like visual effects are just really like. Bleh. I don't know if anyone else feels like that, but I, I can't stand those looks and like. It looks like a uh, video American game. Gods is, right. Yeah, yeah, American Gods is too. Like it almost looks like you're watching three hundred. It's too much for me. It's like over stylized. Yeah, just over stylized. Okay. And I think, like, that's a common thing with any kind of fandom is the tricky thing is everyone is talking about it until they're suddenly not. Uh, I know we've talked about this uh, beforehand, Chris, about how we remember when Walking Dead was kind of the show everyone talked about. And, you know, you had to watch it live because two minutes after it aired, spoilers were going up. Mm -hmm. And now, like... I only just realized it had been back for the past several weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I've kept up with Walking Dead, and frankly, Negan is so far my favorite villain of the series. Mm -hmm. So you still watch Walking Dead right now? I do still watch Walking Dead right now. I made it. Do you still support it? I mean, do you still in on it? I mean, you like it? Uh, There was a little dip after the whole governor thing that I was just kind of like meh about. Once Negan started getting introduced, I started getting back into it. I, I don't know any. I think everybody I know is kind of dropped off of that show. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and make us a soft edit point here. Go ahead and cut everything he said before this out, and we'll just cut him out of the podcast altogether <laughs> uh-huh. since he's still watching Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, we we can't have someone who watches Walking Dead on here. Oh, that's fair. No, not now. <laughs> that's fair. So, it's, sorry, it's David. Not, you understand. I I do. Yeah. I'm sorry that I I still watch the show that. Nobody watches. I don't watch any of the things you guys have been talking about this entire damn time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's I just, I, I just, I really don't know anybody who watches it anymore. Like, I was just curious I, as what's even going on on it. I know. It, I still have a few people who watch it, but I've noticed they've even been a lot less vocal about it. Well, um, essentially, right now, it's, they're rehashing the governor, but on a bigger scale. That's essentially what's going on right now. Instead of just two Ugh, communities fighting, golly. it's the saviors versus like three different communities. Doesn't that bug you though? I mean, like we've already been through the governor. I mean, like it's I mean, like the thing. My thing with that show is that they do nothing but like recycle the same plot conventions over and over again. I they mean, do, but the whole thing is, I love <clears throat> Negan way more than I ever liked the governor. Just because the governor was this manipulative guy that was facing one end, going, "Oh, I'm such a nice guy," and the other, "I'm a fucking psychopath." And Negan's just like, oh no, follow me or I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm just going to beat you with this baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire because fuck you. And if and if you, people question me, they'd be like, I was trying to save him. Yeah. I, I have a similar relationship with the barista at the Dunkin' Donuts down the road. You put sugar in my iced coffee, and I'll just beat you with this baseball bat with barbed wire on it. Man, you are... And I'm sorry about it. You are it. serious about your coffee. Uh, say no sugar. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I stopped watching Walking Dead when there was a, like, maybe 
last season when it just seemed like, okay, we're just, every episode's the same. We're all coming back. Let's all regroup. Then we're going to go get Negan. Then we're going to come back. Then we're all going to regroup. Then we're all going to go get Negan. Nope, everybody go back. Nope. Let's go get Negan. Oh, everybody get back. You know, it's just like, <laughs> everybody run up the hill and run back down. Run up the hill and run back down. <laughs> I, I like that in your version, you started turning into an old prospector as you were <laughs> telling it. Yeah, but uh, what got me interested in when it started back up recently was the fact that they had the biggest death they've ever had so far. I did see who that was. That is a big I, death. I All saw right. who that was as well. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear this, pause the video now. It was Carl. How did he die? Because I don't know. Will you Can you lay that on us? He, he went out to the forest to help this guy that Rick chased off because Rick's a paranoid asshole. And, and <laughs> Apparently, the, he's been that way for like four seasons. <laughs> Fair enough. And while he was helping out this uh, this guy, he got bit by a walker on the back. So, you know, somewhere not like the arm where you can just cut off the arm. No, he, he just got bit and they had a whole episode of him dying, saying his goodbyes to everyone. We'll just cut off his back. Why can't they just cut off his back? <laughs> That's what I was saying. Cut, cut his torso out and stick his arms. I've, I've heard a lot of people just like super pissed that they're like, "How dare you kill off Carl?" I'm like, mm. "I'm like, well, dude, if you're so pissed about Carl still being alive or being dead, then be pissed that Judith is still alive. She died almost instantly." Yeah. Hey. So, David, you know, between us, we're all friends here. You weren't really that upset that Carl died, were you? That's double D how I felt by Carl in the earlier seasons. You absolutely hated him. I Carl. hated him too. I'm glad you said that. Like, Carl, the, the Carl episode, is never back at the house. I, we I was I was I was in college with Double D when uh, that episode when Carl got shot by the hunter. Oh, I fucking yeah. cried laughing. <laughs> no, it was it was actually like you hear like the and you see like Carl fall down and just we're all sitting there in a room and just behind us we all hear <laughs> You know what my favorite scene in the whole show was? Like, whenever... And I, I, I'm very casual on that show. Like, I've just seen episodes here and there. But my favorite thing that I ever saw in it is whenever some girl and some guy are <laughs> walking down these train tracks and there's this, like, uh, other girl with them and they start... These two start fighting and then basically this girl is just like... Why are you guys fighting? You guys are... Uh, I'm a fangirl of both of you. You guys are so freaking awesome. You guys are badass and blah, blah, blah. And then she's just like, Stop fighting! Pow! And then a crossbow arrow just shoots out of her eye. And it was really funny. That was pretty damn hilarious. Because <laughs> it was so out of place. It's like they're having an argument. But the whole thing was like... The, it went through her head and she didn't like die instantly. She, like, started almost stumbling other words and just fell over. <laughs> the the Carl phenomenon, though, is one of those... It, it, it just goes to show you that not every child actor grows into an actual good actor. <laughs> like, I mean, cause, because, like, Carl was fine when he was a kid, but then, like, he became an adult, and it was like, dude, this guy is terrible he needs to get off this show well, it's, i think it's like he was kind of annoying as a kid actor and you're like well he'll grow out of that and then just like he grew into a worse actor well part of me thinks they they killed off carl just to get the shock factor to get more viewers back i think they did 
Especially because, uh, have you heard about what his, what the, that actor's dad said? No, what did he say? Okay, so he, I think, posted this online after the episode aired, so after everyone knew Carl had died. And apparently, he mentioned, like, they had called that actor to tell him his character was going to die on his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Good! I'm glad! That makes me so happy! And his dad was apparently upset because, like, he had just signed this, like, three-year contract or something. And so they're like, oh, he's fine. And they're like, yep, sorry, despite your contract, you're gonna go. Well, I, I mean, he can still have that contract with him because, like, he could still come back in, like, flashbacks. And I'm sure they will, but it's, I just love, they called him on his birthday and went like, so you know that thing you signed? Sorry. Happy birthday, your character's dead. But basically, I think his dad has been calling out all the uh, production team of Walking Dead on social media. Oh, so this wasn't like an amicable uh, departure from the show. Not for his dad. Oh, if if you need any evidence that they are just trying to get ratings right now, look no further than the fact that they're already hyping that this season's going to have the first nude zombie. Did you see that? No, I didn't yes. see that. No one zombie. wants to yeah. see that! <laughs> I did, I did not hear anything about a new zombie. Yes, a, a nude saw, zombie. Oh, nude. nude. I thought you nude. said new. No. Oh. Who's excited about that? <laughs> but they've already started, they've already leaked it, like, episodes in advance. So, like, clearly they're just trying to drum up interest at this point. They might as well throw a CGI rhino in there, like in Black Panther. <laughs> zombie rhino. <laughs> There is actually a movie called uh, Zombies, which is a zombie virus affecting a zoo. <laughs> I'd watch that, especially if it was it's, a comedy. I think it's an asylum movie. So it's an unintentional comedy. See, I've, like everybody kept trying to get me to go back and watch like all the episodes of Walking Dead because I've just seen, uh, you know, I have just seen like those here and there, and. It's really hard to convince myself to do that when I know how shitty it gets down the road. Like it's hard to go back and watch even the like good seasons of it when I know that event at some point uh, I'm gonna want to keep watching because I'll be invested at that point and it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know at one point I think actually shortly after I started working at LEX I just got. I couldn't ever really watch it when it aired on Sundays because I was working and I just got behind. And then eventually when I had time, I was like, Oh, I'll get caught up. And I watched like a couple episodes and then just kind of went, no, I'll I'll get caught up later. And later just never came. I I, just, every time I was like, I could watch this or I could watch something else and something else always won. See, and I've had that show kind of in the background. And then there's another show I started watching the other day. Ash versus the Evil Dead, and it's basically all the good things about watching a show about Walking Dead without all the, like, talking and melodrama and soap opera stuff, and it's just, uh, it's just all the action and nonsense, and it's kind of, uh, drawing my interest right now. And that's my favorite thing about Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I think I'm just going to call this episode That's My Favorite Thing About Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) 
This has clearly been the most in-depth Black Panther discussion you'll find anywhere. Yeah, we the script that WD gave us is like 95% Black Panther, and I think we talked all of 10 minutes about it. <laughs> it's fine. I, we don't want to go into the details, because apparently when we start talking about the details of a movie, it all starts falling apart until we're all like, you know what, now that I think about it, it was well, pretty shitty. Usually our- I didn't like Forrest Gump at all. <laughs> Life is not like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I don't even eat chocolate much. <laughs> oh man. Hey, I I uh I've got a rap soon, guys. I've got uh people over. Oh that's fine. Here we, we Oh can... Noah's having a party. <laughs> oh sorry. yeah, thanks for inviting <laughs> us, Noah. <laughs> Noah's having an Oscar uh, DVR party tonight. <laughs> Right. Nobody looked up who won, right? Yeah. We're all gonna we already watch know. This together. We already know all the drama, and we're gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the commercials too. I want to be totally immersed in the world of Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> whatever day it was. I don't know. I don't watch those things. Listen, you know it's a bad year for movies if the best picture winner is a movie about. Fucking a fish. I, I'm surprised you guys aren't on board with that. He's like, that's Guillermo del Toro. You guys love him. I'm fine with it. He's great. He's a, it's a good what movie. Just, wait, fucking a fish? I'm, what about Kanye West? <laughs> oh. uh, I just, I, I'm sure the movie's great and stuff, but it you, it couldn't have been a very good year for movies. It was, no, you're right. Here's what I will say about Shape of Water, though. They make that movie look way more romantic than it actually is. That movie actually had, like, the crux of that movie, like, most of that movie deals with them breaking the fish man out of the complex. I mean, like, but they like to focus on the, like, tender stuff, and it makes it look like a dumb romance. It's actually not a terrible monster movie, really. Hmm. Right. Well... The monster being Michael Shannon, right? That's true. Who is the monster? Is it man or is it fish man? Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're watching a movie like Planet of the Apes, really that mo- that movie it's not just about like monkeys, it's about like, you know, kind of the uh it's not about like just monkeys taking over the world, it's just like more about the uh monkeys becoming the more like human species than the humans and then like the slow reversal of their roles. But if you like if the main character monkey was hanging dong the whole time, the movie would basically just be about the fact that a monkey's hanging dong for like six hours of film. That was a what? All the other stuff melts away. That's what, how Watchmen should have been, though, right? I mean, well, here's the thing, and part of it's just differences in like uh, the mediums. The Watchmen graphic novel, you only like catch sight of it like three times or something. Like they they don't linger on it, whereas Zack Snyder just let that camera stay there for an entire trip. <laughs> I down mean, the drink stairs. it in, people. It's definitely the most memorable part of that movie, and it led to like hilarious interviews where that actor would go on all these shows, and they're like, "So was that really you, or was it digitally altered?" <laughs> oh, it was a good old tube sock. Oh, <laughs> uh, did. We were just talking about Guillermo del Toro. Do you guys realize Pacific Rim 2 comes out in, like, two weeks? 
Super special. Yeah, yeah like I, it really, saw, it really snuck up on everybody. I, I knew it was coming out this year, but for some reason in my mind, I was just like, "Oh, that's a summer release, right?" And then, like, I went to the theater this past weekend and saw a trailer for it. It's like March twenty third. I was like, "Wait, what the hell?" Dude, Pacific Rim was great. I like, I, I, I have so I much wait. trouble telling people that that's good because no one wants to believe it is. I hasn't seen it. I'm like, no, it's, it's really what? fun. And they're like, yeah, okay. Okay, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, all the story parts suck, but like fight, <laughs> robots fighting monsters is great. And I don't even think the story parts suck. It's just that they're not, you know, this, it's, it's, uh, don't think about it too if, much. If you're there for an Academy Award winning screenplay, you've probably come to the wrong yeah. movie. Wait, wait, you're going amazing. in there expecting something as highbrow as screwing a fish. <laughs> well, when Charlie Day is your scientist. <laughs> yeah, if Charlie Day is a scientist, it's definitely not an Oscar movie. When your scientists are Charlie Day and Owen from Torchwood. Right. <laughs> and that's my favorite part about Black Panther. Mine too. <laughs> that, that is there also my favorite part about Black Panther. Does anyone like to, as we wrap things up here, say something actually about Black Panther? <laughs> I take back everything I said questioning whether it was good because it was a great movie. I just was thinking too much about it. It's cool. I think you were overthinking one particular scene and like we clearly should have spent all that time discussing the car chase in South Korea that is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that dads can be assholes. <laughs> <laughs> did you take your kids so they too could yeah. learn that lesson or my, did they I know that coming I in? took my son and I turned to him and I said this is fiction this is not you know what fiction means right dads are awesome what, what <laughs> I learned from Black Panther if you commit murder at least take the kid at two <laughs> that's a good point yeah it's, it's, I hope your son Chris I hope your son learned that even sometimes when you have a nice dad he can still be an asshole <laughs> So so when your son uh drinks the the potion flower made juice. out of the heart-shaped flower and sees all his ancestors <laughs> yeah. what advice will you give him Oh god I'd love I'd love to see Oh I couldn't even imagine drinking that flower juice and seeing all my ancestors <laughs> Bunch of tall, spindly, wonky that, English dudes. And that brings us to Coco, which is a whole nother movie, which is exactly what Coco's about. <laughs> Did uh, Black Panther ever talk about what they're going to do about the heart-shaped plants after they all got burnt and Black Panther drank the last one? I am... Oh, look, we found new ones in the closet. <laughs> oh, fantastic. What, what I will bet is I bet Shuri is going to, like, synthesize something. Because the other thing is they really won't need to worry with that until they have to have a new Black Panther. Yeah, he needs to give a kid first, doesn't he? Yeah, but here's the thing, though. That suit did everything for him, right? So he doesn't need any powers. Well, no, he was physically strong and fast. Okay. Like, that wasn't the suit, that was him. The suit just made him, like, bulletproof. Yeah, the suit is basically just an entirely suit made out of uh, uh, Captain America's shield. Vibranium. Uh, oh, that's what Captain America's shield made out of? Yes. Partially, yes. It was made in Wakanda? No, no, no they found material and someone else made it. it basically, how Howard Stark found vibranium 
somehow. And he basically thought, oh, this is everything. This is all of this material that's he probably found in it the in world. No, he probably found another shard of a meteor that hit Earth. Yeah, can they make probably. Thor a new hammer out of that stuff? I mean, maybe. I mean, for Thor, they could if they really want to. Technically, but- Thor's hammer was made out of a white dwarf star. Or a collapsed star. <laughs> yeah, but since we don't have collapsed stars uh, at hand and we have vibranium at hand, we're gonna go with that. I'm I'm sure Thor will get a new weapon for Thor, Infinity War. Thor does not need a weapon. He has Korg. He does have Korg. What he else? Should do start, you need? He should just start using a machine gun. <laughs> just shooting. Well, he did in Thor shooting Ragnarok. everybody. He just says shooting everybody with the with the machine gun. But the machine gun has to shoot out many Mjolnirs. <laughs> Does that mean all the bullets can return to him when yes. he calls? Yes, that's why this gun never runs out. As soon as he shoots it, it hits something, comes back and reloads. I hope he gets a really I hope he gets a really weird and out of place weapon, like just a heavy glove that he slaps people with. Here's a whip. For our next fan challenge, tweet us on what your Thor weapon would be. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's Thor's new weapon for Infinity it's War? It's like Clue. It's a wrench. That's all it is. Just a... Thor with the candlestick. Yeah. He just has a bag of magical doorknobs and he just beats people to death yeah. with it. It's, a, it's that... a bar of soap wrapped in a towel. <laughs> yeah. And that is my favorite part of Black Panther. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. People would tweet me like their ideas of uh, Thor's weapon, and the crazier the better. I would love that. <laughs> All right, we got. I got to wrap. Noah's got to go entertain the party. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Noah, that we are intruding on your party. Noah's got to go play the I piano, sing you. some tunes. Everybody I can... will forgive you this one time. <laughs> hey guys, 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 let's have a party without Noah. Oh, damn. We'll have a podcast party without Noah. It'll have I knew Black this would Jackson happen one day. And, uh, you know what? Screw uh, it all. Oh, it sounds like the funnest party ever. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. This always happens to me. Be sure to tweet us what you think Thor's new weapon should be and also what your favorite part of Black Panther was. <laughs> Since you've clearly heard all of ours, uh, you can find me at, at Daniel Dunstan. You can find Chris at CM underscore Tomlin. David Hood exists on Twitter now. I do. I discovered. do. Exist. And I am at the David Hood. The one and only. And you'll find me at Noah Day with two Y's. If you run into that guy that has one Y, you tell him he's a stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what? I hate him. I hate his friends. I hate his family. You know what? <laughs> when this episode comes out, I'm going to tweet him and just post this link and say, go to the very end. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that Twitter handle right now. Just skip to the end. That's the message I want for him. Just give it back to me! Give me my name! <laughs> it's mine! Just just call him like Liam Neeson would and ask for the name. <laughs> Where's my family name? Uh, I'd like to encourage everyone to uh, rate and review us on iTunes, because that helps us out, and it always... I do read the review... That we get the review. 
Nice. <laughs> I was going to say reviews, and I was like, if anyone checks that, they'll be like, oh, really? <laughs> and so, we thank you all for joining us. Have a great day, and see you, nerds. <laughs>